Hello, welcome to the first episode of Big Slumpin'. I'm Scott Morgan, and I'm honored to be here with my friend Josh Siegel. And if you're ready, Josh, I think let's jump into some sports. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'm Josh, and uh, let's, get, let's get into it. So what, what sports do you want to start off with? What's on your mind right now? First, uh, I want to talk about the NBA playoffs because we're, we're full swing in the, in the bubble playoffs. We got, uh, got game five of Raptors oh, – sorry, game six of Raptors-Celtics tonight and then uh i'm a raptors fan diehard raptors fan so i got thoughts about that but uh we can do whatever we can do whatever basketball things you want to do first all right so i i know you want to get into your raptors and i i will definitely let you get your time in there but i wanted to start with miami and milwaukee how miami did the gentleman sweep as we say the four to one series win over milwaukee what are you what are your thoughts on that uh, I thought it's a complete another failure on the Milwaukee Bucks part. They gotta they gotta do a lot of overhaul because who really gives who really gives a shit if you are the best record in the league if you get out in the second round of the playoffs and you they're losing a game to the Magic too, which I get it. First game Magic is the best team ever created, but uh, it's 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 uh, you can't have that you can't have that and so you gotta start by firing your coach and then you gotta you gotta tinker with your roster to make sure that never happens again because if not you know you got you got the second maybe best player in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And you just got to gotta build around him, make sure, make him so happy that he never wants to leave. Because if he leaves, mm-hmm. you're, you're done. Your franchise should be, re- your franchise should be uh, relocated. I think if Giannis leaves, they have to just go straight into rebuild because they don't have another superstar that can carry them like he has. They obviously lost when he was out. And even when he went out in the second quarter, Middleton had to play out of his mind just to win that fourth game and avoid the sweep. And he came down to earth in that last game. So I definitely think if he leaves, they're in big trouble. I also want to talk a little bit on Miami's side. They are now 8-1, and one, I believe, in this playoff. I mean, they've been, as a fifth seed, just absolutely steamrolling the East right now. And I, I got to tell you, I don't know who from Boston or Toronto is a better matchup for them, but with the way the Heat are playing, they got hot at the right time in this bubble, and I don't know who's going to stop them. If the Heat make the finals, I truly believe that they're going to win it. Uh, when you have a coach – coach like Eric Spolstra Mm -hmm. and you have a player that wants to win as badly as Jimmy Butler wants to win it's dangerous because he's just he's gonna do what you know Michael Jordan did and elevate the players around him it's not necessarily about how much talent he has he just makes everyone around him so much better so you have him and a cast of rookies and undrafted people and bam of course it's fantastic but you have that that core around Jimmy that just wants to win as much as he does and that's that's a very dangerous thing come playoff time they're hungry and you don't want to face a hungry team in the playoffs yeah, I, I definitely can't think of a last time a player of this caliber joined a team and elevated them to where they're now in the conference finals in his first year. I mean, this is a team with a lot of new players from last year. I mean, Jimmy Butler was what he was with the Sixers last year. And then you bring in uh, Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson, who no one thought would be this good. Bam made a huge jump. Like, they they really are establishing themselves. And I don't see any of the players leaving for next year And as they hope to try to, you know, repeat the success and maybe go for a chip with the next coming years. Speaking of Miami, I also want to ask you, I know you're a Toronto fan, but who do you think has the best odds to beat them? If, you know, right now the series is three to two, but either team can win. Boston can win or Toronto can win. Who would be the best team to face this really hot Miami team right now? So the Heat are super, super balanced. They're a very balanced team in terms of shooting, getting in the lane, defense. They, they got everything. So when you're facing a team like that, you got to come at it with a balance too. Not that, so I would think the Raptors because I'm biased, but not like I think the Raptors are more balanced overall than the Celtics are. Is once you get past you know the top three of Kemba, 
and Tatum and Brown. Like there, there, there's a little bit of fall off there, but it's not much because you have those three superstars. It just, I think you come with a more balanced approach the Raptors bring, and that's a better matchup than having those three that, that you know, Spolstra and Jimmy can shut down one or one of those guys on every, any given night and you're just mm-hmm. facing two guys. So I think, I think the Raptors have a better approach. And I think Nick Nurse for Spolstra would be a really fun coaching matchup. Not that Brad Stevens is again bad. I just think that roster talent wise and balance wise, I think the Raptors make a better, make a better foe for the Heat than the Celtics would. I, I definitely agree. I think the coaches matchup will be really good regardless. Um, I think Toronto matches up better player for player and with depth as well coming off the bench, you know, but yeah, I, I also want to ask you if you had to put yourself in Giannis's shoes, what would you do? Are you returned to Milwaukee or is there anything you would want their organization to do to make sure you come back? So I'm loyal to a fault. So if I was him, I'd stay, but if I was in his shoes, I'd stay for this one year. I wouldn't demand a trade because I'd be just leaving them high and dry and that'd be terrible. That'd be bad for everybody involved. So I'd say this one more year, see what happens, then go from there. I wouldn't be making any hair hard. I wouldn't be making any decisions this off season. I wouldn't request a trade. I wouldn't force my way out, but I'd, uh, run it back one more time see what the gm can do for me see if they can bring in cp3 see who the new coach would be if they fire if they fire bud which they should and then uh good go from there that's, that's the approach i'd take if i was Giannis. okay um so now let's get let's get into the toronto boston series as we already touched on a little bit what does toronto obviously you're a fan what do they need to do to beat this boston team right now with a three to two deficit they're facing they have to get off to a hot start that's the only way this works if they get off to a poor start later than game five it's it's over. It's over from the tip. They have to come out shooting and they, have to, they don't necessarily have to make it, but they have to come out shooting with a game plan and run, the, run their plays that they know work and just get off to something of a start where they're not already behind the eight ball like they were game one and game five. That start is utterly important. In game five, they had Marcus Smart on Lowry and had to shut down the entire offense, and that, that can't happen again. You have to be able to have Fred Van Vliet be able to be a playmaker like Lowry can instead of just playing hero ball from the tip. So the only way this works is if you go a quarter at a time and don't try to play hero ball until it's absolutely necessary. And hopefully it never is. And they do, they win game six and they force game seven and they win that too. But if it comes down to that, you can't, you have to run your plays. You have to be disciplined and know they are hearts of a champion. They literally, they literally won last year. They know what it takes. And they, so it, it comes down to their start. It's that's the biggest thing. If they get up to a cold start, it's over. It's over from the first five minutes. I definitely agree with you with the, you know, no hero ball. I've had the pleasure of watching a lot of Toronto basketball because of you and, you know, I cheer for them because my beloved Bulls have not been a bright spot in my life the past couple of years. I, I totally agree. When when Toronto plays team basketball, they are fun to watch. And I don't know any team that can, you know, really stop that when they're, you know, passing well, they're getting off on fast breaks, they're winning 50-50 balls. So I think if they come out, you know, hot, if Marcus Smart is playing great defense on Lowry, that's when Fred needs to step up. That's when Siakam needs to step up. I really think Toronto does have a chance if they play like how you said they should. And now I know you're a Toronto fan, but I thought this would be kind of interesting. What does Boston need to do to close out this series? Again, you got to start with Smart on Lowry and see if that shuts down. If that shuts them down again, then that's good game. Like you just you just won and it wasn't really that, that tough. Uh, you so you start with that and you just limit you limit the plays that they can run. You, you use Smart as kind of a as a rover and put him on the guy you think is gonna get hot. Honestly, you leave you kind of it's insane because you you know he's good, but Pascal Siakam you just kind of leave him alone. And if he if he decides to beat you that night and play like he did for bubble, then you just you tip your cap and say that's it. But I wouldn't put that much pressure on Siakam because he's done nothing to prove that he's gonna be the player that he was during the regular season. I honestly I'm just thinking about this now, but I feel like Siakam is such a good big and when you see Boston's team and who they have matched up against him. I feel like he should be going off. I mean, they have what? Daniel Theis is a, their big man. Um, who, who, who's their 
there are big men that I can't think of right now that are like Time Lord. <laughs> Time Lord, what is it? Sam Williams? What's his name? Something Williams. Yeah, Williams. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have no idea how he's shutting down Siakam. Siakam is so athletic for his height. He can go to the hoop. He Robert can, Williams. He can Robert step Williams. out. Oh, you're right, Robert Williams. He can step out to the arc. Like, he's such a mismatch at his position, and he has been shut down pretty well by Boston this series. He didn't play. He didn't pick up a basketball, let alone practice with the basketball for the three months of the bubble. And mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta think that that's 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 the reason this is happening. Like you can't. That's that's really it. Like you, you, if the Raptors are gonna win, it's 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 up to it's up to Pascal Siakam to be at least eighty percent what he was in the in the regular season yeah. right now. That's the only way. All right. Uh, so yeah, I, I wish you luck tonight with you know Toronto. I'll be watching the game as well, and I'm sure we'll talk about this some more. But, yeah, let's get to the Western Conference a little bit with Rockets-Lakers. What are your thoughts currently? The Lakers are up 2-1 right now. LeBron James just surpassed Derek Fisher with the most playoff wins of all time with 162. I did not expect that person to be Derek Fisher, but that just happened yesterday. Or Yeah, yesterday. So what are your thoughts on that series right now? All right, so for those who don't know this, Scott hates LeBron James. Much like, I, much like he hates LeBron James, I hate James Harden. I hate that James Harden <laughs> disappears every single fourth quarter, and even though his team, they were in a good position come the fourth, they just got shut down because that quote-unquote superstar is never, never to be found come fourth quarter time in the playoffs. So it, it, it's a shame because I hate James Harden, but I love, love, love Russell Westbrook, and it just, I want him to win, but it, it's just not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and that's just unfortunate because LeBron James and Anthony Davis have come to play. As, as LeBron always does, and it's, it's a shame because James Harden could have stopped him. He could have, and he just chose not to. Mm-hmm. I, I love this Rockets team. I hate on LeBron, but he is such a good player. I'm a big Harden fan, even though I know you, you hate him to a, to a T. But I watched the game yesterday. I bet money, and I, I try not to bet with my heart. So I, I, I bet on the Lakers winning by three when they were down by, like, five, and they, they ended up winning me quite a bit of money, actually. That was a good bet. But – it's just it's hard for me to look at this matchup and see a, t- a Laker team with AD and LeBron, who are you know I think both I mean AD is like seven feet and then LeBron is six seven and the tallest guy they're going against is PJ Tucker at center. I mean LeBron was doing spin moves and getting easy layups every single take. So I, I just don't see this Rockets team stopping them because for them they I mean they won that one game and they did pretty well yesterday and they still lost. Um, for them to even compete with the Lakers, I feel like they have to be draining threes at such a good rate, and everyone just needs to play lockdown defense, and I, I don't think they have it. Um, I agree it sucks for Russ. I really want Harden to get a chip too one day, but I just don't see them overcoming this Laker team. Yeah, so any more thoughts on that? The Lakers are 2-1 right now going into the fourth game tomorrow. God bless P.J. Tucker's heart. But he's, he's not enough. Mm-hmm. He's, playing, he's playing his ass off, and good for him. If I was a Rockets fan, I'd be dying. PJ Tucker jersey in every color, but uh, it's he's he's not enough, and so it's a shame. And I I I'd solely blame James Harden for it. Yeah, I mean I don't want to blame Harden because I feel like he offensively is that team, and he's the one that helped him get over the Thunder and and get this far. But I I I do give you when I say that I don't see how PJ Tucker can stop AD and LeBron. It's not saying that I don't respect what he's doing. He has been phenomenal. He's been playing great defense, and he's been making big shots. He, he definitely has proven himself as a great defensive player that can guard many positions. But with, with that said, uh, let's move on to the Clippers-Nuggets series. Just like the other Western Conference matchup, the Clippers are leading 2-1, so L.A. has advantage again. And I, I do want to notice that Paul George is playing a lot better than, than playoff P that we are used to. He is averaging 24 points, six rebounds, 
3.5 assists and two steals a game in this series. So pretty good on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. What are your thoughts on this series so far? I think, I think it's kind of closer than people thought it'd be. I thought that the Clippers had a good chance of just blowing the Nuggets out of the water and the Nuggets, they've, they've hung in there. I mean, they only lost game, uh, game three by six points and they won game two. So, I mean, it, it's, the Nuggets probably aren't going to win. We all know that, but I mean, they could maybe, you know, if, if things break right, they, they have a chance. I mean, they already have one game on them and, mm-hmm. you know, we've watched, we've watched Jamal Murray, who by the way is the best Canadian in the league. We, uh, he's, he's blossomed to a star, maybe in a superstar right in front of us during this bubble. So you put him with, uh, with Jokic and you just maybe, you know, the Nuggets are deep. They got, they got a good roster. And of course the Clippers have the two of the best defensive players in the league on their team. And you also have whatever the hell Patrick Beverly is. But uh, you, uh, you, you maybe maybe you can do it. Maybe you just cross your fingers and hope that the ball, you know, all the go, breaks go your way. And, but it's probably not going to happen. But you know, there's a chance. It's cl- it's closer than the Lakers Rockets for sure. Yeah, I definitely think this will be more of a series than the Lakers Rockets. I don't know if just because I think the Nuggets are deeper than I thought, and they've stepped up and been playing really well this playoff in the bubble. I mean, you spoke of Jamal Murray's emergence. I mean, he already was a really good player, but he's he's emerged even more of a superstar, carrying them over Utah. And then, I mean, they got Michael Porter Jr., the rookie, coming off the bench, sometimes 20 points off the bench. I mean, he, he, he goes off when he needs to. And then, I mean, Joker's been a beast, like he's always been. So I, I definitely think the Nuggets are competing. I agree. I don't think they're going to win the series. But, I mean, if they win the next game, it's an even series. They can go anywhere. Um if the Clippers win the next one, is 3-1. Their backs will be against the wall, and, I mean, maybe Denver gets one more, but I think the next game is really going to decide how the series goes. I mean, Jamal Murray only had 14 points game three. He, he played 38 minutes. I mean, you, you give him a decent game, and they probably, they probably win. The Nuggets probably win game three. So it's, it's definitely closer. It's probably still going to be the Clippers, but it's definitely a closer and more entertaining series. I just think as a whole, Western Conference basketball is less entertaining than Eastern Conference, but I've been, I've been enjoying this series for sure. That's so. You, wait, you, you said Western Conference more interesting? No, it's. I think Eastern Conference basketball is more entertaining. I like. Okay. I like defense and harder. harder I'm like play. you. I'm like you've been watching the Eastern probably more just because of Toronto. So I was, I was a little shocked, but yeah, I, I think the matchups have been good um, in the East, and I, th- I think all of them have been pretty entertaining. But I feel like we, you know, we didn't know if Miami would beat Milwaukee. I mean, that was unexpected. Toronto, Boston can go either way right now. In the other, in, I mean, the LA series, we both think LA are just going to win. It's just a matter of how many games they do it in. It'd be fun to see that be a series and one of us, you know, us be wrong and maybe the Rockets or the Nuggets win. But I, I do agree. I think the East has been more fun to watch so far. The last basketball note I want to talk about is Billy Donovan not returning to the Thunders. It was a mutual decision. He wants to be on a team that's, you know, has direction and you know, is sure of what they're doing. He, I don't think he wants to be part of a rebuild and the Thunder don't really know their image yet for next year. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, first let me make this very, very clear. Move the Thunder back to Seattle, or at least give Seattle a team, all right? The, Seattle should have a basketball team. That's just, it's absurd that they don't. Uh, in terms of, I never know what really a mutual decision firing really is because like who, who came up to who first? If it's, if it's yeah. a Thunder, then Billy Donovan didn't really have a choice whether he wanted to leave or not. He was getting fired. If Billy Donovan walked up to Thunder and it's like, what are the Thunder going to say? No, you can't leave. <laughs> like, like, so it, it's, it, I don't really know what a mutual decision is. In terms of what his next move is, I don't really know what to think of him as a coach. Like he's coached some good Thunder teams. He coached a couple of good Wizards teams that game seven against the Rockets, he had like maybe like six different opportunities to drop a play to get them either tied or the lead at the end there. And he just didn't, 
you just didn't. And so the clock's on and you got to come up with a play and you just, the play ends up with Steven Adams or whatever trying to get the inbound with like a second left. That's not what you want. So I don't know if the bulls, if he's good at developing players, which I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much development the Thunder players really did. A bunch of them were second years already, but the, I don't know. The, but the bulls could need a coach obviously. And he's, he's been around the block and he's respected. So you could do worse, but you want to make sure you get somebody from the Bulls' perspective that, you know, is going to really develop the players because this is pretty much the last chance for this core at that new front office. Yeah, my thoughts on Billy Donovan was that he, he's a good coach. What you may not know is he finished third in head coach of the year this year, which I thought was interesting, especially because ESPN predicted that he'd be – that the Thunder would be a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs, which is nuts that they did – he did pretty well and the team did really well. They played above what they were expected. As far as him coming to the Bulls, the Sixers, the Pelicans, or the Pacers, those are the four teams that I think he's most likely to land. I mean, as a Bulls fan, I wouldn't mind him. I think that he's a good coach, and I feel like he did really well when he had, obviously, Durant, Westbrook, and Harden, and they were in surge, too, and they were playing in the conference finals, and they just couldn't win that series. But his team's kind of been deteriorating as Durant left and Russell left, and then he kind of made it work with what he had this year, so... I really don't know what to make of him if he is a good coach. If he does come to the Bulls, I think player development's big because we don't have the talent that he had on the Thunder. So I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes. And if he comes to the Bulls, I'm happy. If he doesn't, so be it. Any other thoughts before we move on? Just move uh, who the Thunder back to Seattle. Thank you. I would love a Sonic jersey if they, if they started playing in Seattle again. Um, do you want to talk about the Cub frustration real quick? Sure. Uh, I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a diehard Cubs fan and much more of a diehard baseball fan than really anything else on this planet. But uh, the Cubs, the Cubs are in first place, which, you know, it's a great, great thing at time recording. I believe they're three games. Let me check that for sure. But I believe they're three games, uh, uh, game lead on the Cardinals. Let's double check that. You're just going to edit this out. It's fine. They got three. They're up. Yeah, three it's games. three. Okay. So they got a three. They got a three game lead on the Cardinals. They blew, they did a, like five game set against them and they, they split it. And, but and the bright side, they're six out of ten. But that's not the point. They, they, they're for the past three years now. They've been super, super, super frustrating. And I'll tell you why. Uh, first, the hitters—they're all the same profile: swing and miss, walk or home run. So they're all three true outcomes, and that's just not really fun baseball to watch. And usually it ends up winning baseball, but that's not really been the case. I mean, of course they have winning records, and they've been playing well relatively to winning or losing but they're just very frustrating as you know they won in 2016 they're about the there's there was talk of them being a dynasty there's talk of them being like the next yankees and just instead what we got was players that didn't take the next step forward we got a front office who didn't know how to fix anything we got an ownership group that won't let the cubs fix anything and so it just all did a Donald depression spiral it's not it's not been fun to watch it's not been fun to watch at all and so the question goes where do you go from here because yeah they're gonna make the playoffs but no one's expecting them to do anything because the rotation right now is really just three guys and it's really just two guys it's really just you darvish and kyle hendricks you got john lester in there but he's like 95 years old and he can't mm-hmm. touch 90 miles an hour anymore it doesn't matter and then you got who you got the kid Edward azali who i'm a huge 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 fan of but you're trusting a young pitcher in a pennant race and that's that's very dangerous but i'm a huge fan of his Chatwood's hurt. Quintana's hurt. I also hate Kosei Quintana. So even if he comes back, he's not going to be anything. And so it's, where do you go next year? And so 2021 is where a bunch of their contracts, a bunch of their contracts end. So you're losing, uh, I think, Baez. You're losing Bryant. Uh, Shorber has one more year after that. I think Rizzo's contract ends soon. The, the core ends next year. So it becomes, who are you trading? Who are you going to keep? What are you building up? And so my opinion, the only four players, position players that you keep are 
Baez, top flight shortstops, offensive outside, do not grow on trees. So you keep that guy because he's the most exciting baseball player I've ever seen, also my favorite. So it's a bias then. But honestly, top flight defensive shortstops do not grow on trees. You keep him. Uh, you keep Anthony Rizzo because for him, it goes above baseball. If he were to leave, the city would descend into chaos, and you just can't, you can't have that guy leave. You keep Ian Happ because he's the only player I can like remember that's taken this big offensive step forward. If you go look at his numbers over the past calendar year, so not in the past two seasons, but the past like 365 days, he's been top five baseball player in the league, just MLB in general. Unbelievable. Huge step forward. So you keep him and you keep Wilson Contreras because apparently he's a good framer now. And so you put that with his great blocking skills and now he's a good framer and all of a sudden you have the best catcher in baseball. So you keep those four, you trade away whoever the hell else, I don't care. And then you, you take 2021 as a uh, – use it as a transition year to develop the prospects. And by 2022, hopefully the kids again are ready and you're back in it. Other than that, I don't know, I don't know what else you do, but that, that's it. And it's a shame because you're not going to sign any free agents because Tom Riggett's as cheap as shit. And you're not going to do anything because Theo Epstein doesn't know how to make good trades anymore. So you're just, you're just kind of stuck and you're hoping for the best. And you just hope that they, they extend bias and they, they, the kids get developed in this weird pandemic year when you don't know what's actually going down in South Bend. And, uh, yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a lot. And I, I do agree, like, even though we are one in the division, are we, like, sore winners? Like, you know, they're playing well, they're winning, but it doesn't feel – like, I don't feel confident with them winning. No, the bullpen is god-awful, and they barely speak by any win. Like, Jeremy Jeffress, is, he's a good pitcher, but he, he's touching 90 now. He's, he's got a really – he's got a really nice uh, sinker, and it's a sick pitch. But, like, that's not – it's yeah, shouldn't be your closer. Mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell, two more years, I believe, of his contract. He's been historically awful. He's gotten to look better as of late, but he still has a change of fact he's been historically awful. And so you just you, – you got to – this isn't a championship caliber team. It's a playoff caliber team for sure, but it's not championship caliber. And if you're not playing to win it at all, what are you really playing for? Yeah, I mean, I will – I can say with confidence, I, I think you could too. This team's going to make the playoffs this year. My yeah, they have like a 99% chance to do it. Like it's, they're making the playoffs. There's, there's, 16, there's eight teams in the NL that are making the playoffs. They're going to be one of them. <laughs> My, my worry is when they make it, they're going to go up against a pitching staff that shuts down the hitting. And I don't feel like our pitching is going to hold up. And if we're not hitting and we're not shutting them down defensively, that's a loss. And we're going to be if losing. You, if, you're, if you're facing the Cubs in the playoffs and you don't throw your ace game one, what you do is you throw, you throw a soft tossing lefty and that's it. I don't know how many Cubs games you watch, but I watched them like all of them, Scott. Mm-hmm. And it, the Cubs since 2016 or 2017 cannot hit veteran journeyman soft tossing lefties for the life of them. It's like unbelievably like you watch this and you're like i could probably hit this but like these professional hitters who won a championship 2016 all-star guys they swing and miss through everything to strike out over it's incredibly frustrating and it just you gotta you, this team isn't gonna win it like it used to be solid in 2018 with the wild card game or was that last year yeah that was last year i think no 2018 with the rockies it was the wild card game and they, i don't even know who they pitched and it's the cubs just couldn't do anything on their home field and it, just, it was that's like what being a cousin is like right now. Yeah. You just watch these guys who you know have all the talent in the world and you just watch them decide. I mean, not decide because they're obviously trying the hardest, but something is missing here where they're not, they didn't get the development they needed and they didn't take that next step. None of them did except for Ian Hat. And then it just, it wasn't supposed to turn out like this. They're supposed to be the, like the Dodgers and be the best and have the farm system every single year. And just, it didn't happen. It didn't happen until Alzali. The Theo Epstein and co have not developed a single starting pitching prospects that took, since they took over in 2012, not a single starter made the majors and was in, in stuck that they, that they, that they uh, developed. So if, if the president of baseball operations name was not Theo Epstein, he would have been fired a long, long time. ago. that's, that's an inexcusable offense. Like that's, that's eight years of not having one starting pitcher that you developed yourself. That's why they buy all the, that's why they spend all the money in free agency. And that's how they got, we got to this position where they're just stuck. 
and that's that's inexcusable. So you got to fix the shit, but Tom Rice won't let you fix the shit. So we're just stuck in the trash. Yeah, and I, I do want to give credit to our, our buddy John Stocko because I know he's been super high on Ian Happ before the season, and God, he was right. He has been playing out of this world, and he's I, I agree with the core next year. You got to keep Happ. You know, it's it sucks that we're gonna have to lose some of the guys, but at the end of the day, that's baseball. It's an organ. You know, it's a business, and you know I agree. Like if Tony left, the city would go to ruins, and Baez is just unbelievable. So we can't get rid of him. So I'm I'm curious to see what they do. If you watch one Chris Bryant at bat, if you watch one Chris Bryant at bat, and, you're, and, you, and I told you that he won an MVP award, you'd think I'm lying. Like yeah. he just, He's batting second or third in the order every day now, and he just swings through middle, middle cut fastballs. It's just like, what are we doing here? What are we? This guy won an MVP, and he just can't even hit. So yeah. it's, it's, it's annoying. It's he's very frustrating. 194 right now. Love to see it. It's great. 28 it's great. strikeouts and less than 100 at bats, so. Yeah, he's striking out more than 25% of the time. It, it's rough. Um, but that's enough Cub talk. I don't want to dwell on that too long. I'm looking and I see the Dodgers already got 31 wins. I know a lot of people predicted them to get 40 wins. I think they're going to do that. I mean, how many games are left? 17. They need to win nine out of 17. I think I'll that's pretty likely unless, they, <laughs> you know, unless they're trying to rest or get ready for the playoffs. But they'll, they'll get 40 in my books. One of the one of the terrible things about this pandemic, and there's many of them, but one of the terrible things that we are robbed of a full season of this specific Dodgers team is they would have been histo- like absolutely one of the best teams ever conceived. Mm-hmm. Like they are unbelievably stacked at every single position, and they, it just doesn't stop. That like organization is constructed perfectly from top to bottom, and they, they just keep having those guys come through. And all of a sudden, they're all every team is an all star. Every one of the players is an all star, and they don't stop. It's it's like a it's like a it's like a MLB the Show player creator factory <laughs> over there. It's it's absurd. Yeah, if if this, I mean, right now their winning percentage is 721. If this was a full 162-game season, their projected number of wins, guess how many you think they'd be at? I think it's like 120 or something. It's about 116, 117 right now. I mean, that's yeah. that's nuts. They're playing so well. And you're right, with the first season with Mookie, I mean, we who knows if David Price would have played if it was, you know, with not for COVID. Um, how many wins, how good would this team be? I mean, we've seen what they are, and they're phenomenal. I mean, the Padres are – the second team and they're four and a half games back and they've been playing great too. So yeah, the Padres are unbelievable and they're, they're a fun, fun, fun squad too. And it's just, you can't, this Dodgers team is historically on like historically stacked. Like mm-hmm. it's, we're, we're going to be telling our grandchildren about this specific Dodgers team. I'm trying it's to look real. and see what's the worst team in baseball by record right now. Who do you it's think is the Pirates? It's gotta be the Pirates. Pirates are hysterically. Oh, well, the Red Pirates, Sox are worse. <laughs> are they? I saw the Rangers were also at 14 wins. Pirates winning percentage is three fifty, and Rangers. <laughs> Dang, well, Scott, you're a Red Sox fan. So you want to touch on that for a second? I mean, ownership never should have got rid of Mookie. They should have just met his needs. And I mean, you, it's it's like you talking about Javi and Anthony. Like you can't lose those players. So when you lose those players, you're just me and my other friend Evan. He we're, we're we gave up on the Red Sox as soon as that happened. This season's going to be rough, and it's it's definitely met that mark. So that's not when you're worse than the Orioles. That's tough. It's not even like Mookie wanted to leave. The Red Sox no. just like chose to do it. That's like, they the traded worst part. Away. Is Mookie wanted to be there? They traded away a generational player for Alex Verdugo and spare parts. Like, if I, Rob Manfred is unbelievably terrible at his job, but like, I if I was the commissioner, I would not have allowed that trade to go through. Yeah. You want Mookie? That's fine, but you're not trading him for nothing. I would be to the trade until I got something better. Like that's just unbelievable bad. Like, if you're a Red Sox fan and. <laughs> your team does that, I'd be looking for a new team. I'd be looking for a new team to root for. I just looked up Mookie Bet stats, and I don't want to get too off topic, but the first question is, how is Mookie Bet related to Meghan Markle? 
Oh, I think they're cousins. I didn't know they were related. Sorry. I think I just yeah. thought that was nuts. Okay. But no, regardless, yeah, like Mookie didn't want to leave. Everyone that's a Red Sox fan that, you know, saw Mookie leave, we have no ill will. It's not like he chose, you know, it's not like how Kawhi left the, the Raptors last year. So, I mean, it, it's, we're just mad at the organization. We wish him the best of luck. I mean, if he wins a ring with, these, with this Dodgers team, I'm happy for him. He's been, he's been great and no ill will there. Rangers have also been really bad. They didn't get rid of Lance Flynn, did they? No, they did not. I know I that know was. They didn't. He, I don't. They I didn't. thought they were going to trade him, and he's he's been great. Uh, let's see. National League, I think the worst is the Pirates. It's the Pirates. The Pirates are hysterically bad. Oh, like they, I they think the actually have a worse winning percentage. Yeah, but like Diamondbacks tried to be good. The Pirates have gave no attempt at being good, and they they lose in like all the frustrating ways like a bad team does. Like they'll they'll try their hardest, and it won't matter. They'll just get blown out. It won't matter. If you watch the Pirates game. It's like this. This is the worst team in baseball. I don't. I don't think like it's that close. Like they're they're yeah. they're, they're like the sad bad. They're like the Astros <laughs> 110 game losing kind of bad. But yeah, with with the Pirates, uh, I, I did write this down that today is Roberto Clemente Day in baseball. We we both aren't really sure what they're allowing, but from what we understand, Puerto Rican born players are allowed to wear the number 21 today in honor of him. I know my thoughts are that. Just like Jackie Robinson Day, shouldn't everyone wear like 42 on that day? Shouldn't everyone be allowed to wear 21 or should wear 21 today? But yeah, what do you what do you think about that? I don't know how much you want to get into my opinion of MLB as a whole or just, around, just around a Manfred. quick a quick little gist. But uh, why 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 are they playing gatekeeper and who and who can't respect a legend? Like why can't they? Mm-hmm. Like on Jackie Robinson Day, it's absolutely mandated that everyone's 42. No one can opt out of it. But on this one, like, why don't you just give people the choice? Just be like, hey, you want to wear 21? Go for it. Why does it have to? Why does it have to be Puerto Rican players only? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the things that they do all the time. But this one just is really baffling. Like, I don't get why it has to be only Puerto Rican players. Like, let anyone who wants to do it do it. I mean, how how weird would it be if you thought that Jackie Robinson Day only people of color were allowed to wear number 42 or of African descent? You know. Like, yeah, that'd be that'd be it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It'd just be like, what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? And why 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 are we gatekeeping? Yeah, I I, I totally agree. We don't need to get into that too much. Do you want to mention the Cardinals lost a, a late legend, Lou Brock? Oh yeah, we can talk about that for a second. Okay, Lou Brock passed away unfortunately the other day, and uh, he he is the one that from a Cubs perspective triggered the uh, Cubs Cardinals rivalry rivalry with trading away. Uh, Lou Brock from the Cubs to the Cardinals and from by all accounts uh, Lou was a phenomenal human being and it, it's a shame that we lost him because we you know we're losing everyone these days and every everyone every life is precious so uh, condolences to the family mm-hmm. and uh, baseball baseball marches on yeah I think you spoke well there I'm not gonna even touch on that let's see should we go a little bit of hockey sure so currently in the Eastern Conference Finals the Lightning won Game one versus the Islanders, eight to two. And if is that good, that, that's a lot of scoring. That I good? Mean, Do you want to score eight goals? You want to score as many goals as you can, but eight to two is ridiculous. I mean, the over was probably set at five and a half, and they they scored ten. So that's a little nuts. I don't even know if Stamkos was back in that game, but they the Lightning just went off, and the Islanders are not a bad team by any standards. But I definitely think the Lightning will win that series. And then in the other, we got the Golden Knights versus the Stars. Um, the Golden Knights obviously knocked out our, our Blackhawks, and now they, they just tied it up with a 3-0 victory against the Stars, so now that's 1-1. Can I touch on that for a second? Do you mind? So I got to give a shout-out to the Vegas Golden Knights, because without them, I wouldn't have watched the Blackhawks. 
And uh, because of them, I like hockey again. I haven't watched hockey since the last time the Hawks won a championship in 2015. So shout out to the Golden Knights making me care about the Blackhawks again. Big, big, big thank. Yeah, no, that that was definitely a fun series to watch the, the Blackhawks and Golden Knights. And I, I've been watching betting on hockey with my, my dad because he's really into betting on hockey for some reason. And he's been we, – we've been betting on the Knights, and they've been, they've been doing great, so – um, as well as the Lightning. So I, I'm, I'm predicting a Lightning Knights finals. I think that'd be exciting. I don't know. I think, I don't know who I'd want to win that. The Knights is a newer team. I think that'd be kind of cool. But I mean, I think all four of these teams would be a, a fun team to win. Any final comments or do you want to go to the next? In the words of the great Chance the Rapper, let's, uh, let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. So I, I got something you might know a little about. I don't know how much you watch tennis. You know, I'm glued to the screen with tennis all, right. all day, well, every day. I'll give you five bucks if you can name the tournament happening right now. The U.S. Open? Fuck. Okay, I owe you five <laughs> bucks. Um, so Djokovic got number one player men's. Um, he got DQ'd after hitting the line judge in the U.S. Open. I want you to pull up the video. Um, I've seen the video. I've seen the okay. video. Okay. Damn, so you probably knew it was U.S. Open. Crap. Yeah. I should have. I was so confident you did not know. Okay. Regardless, do you think he should have been DQ'd? No. Okay. I, I mean, rules are rules, but it, it was quite obvious that he did not try to do that. It was just a bad place at the wrong time. And so, like, you can't – I mean, I, you have to DQ him, I guess, because of the rules. But, like, that was stupid. There was obviously no ill will there. He wasn't even looking at the person. He even hit the ball hard. It was just, like – unfortunate circumstance unfortunate circumstance it just it sucks it's like you're robbing the fans like want to watch him of that opportunity too so it's no should not have been dq'd it's if, if there was male intent then of course absolutely but they very 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 obviously was not yeah i thought he was very cordial and i give him respect for being apologetic and honestly being a true gentleman of the sport and taking the dq but i would have been so pissed if i was him I mean, you see as soon as he hits it and as soon as – it's like when you shoot a basketball and you know it's missing, it's going to hit someone, and you're just like, I'm sorry, it's too late. He felt so bad right away. He, it was obviously an accident. Anyone that watched that tape, anyone that just believe that can, can come talk to me because that was – I felt so bad for that man. And, I mean, you're, you're losing the number one guy. Like, everyone wants to see him play more. So I don't want to touch too much on tennis, but I, I saw that was big news, and I, I wanted your thoughts because I thought that was ridiculous. Well, you got him, buddy. You got my thoughts. <laughs> Definitely was a little heated about that myself. So I probably wanted to talk about that a little more. And now the last thing for today is Wednesday, which means tomorrow we have football. First game of the season. I know you don't follow football as much as I do. First game tomorrow is Chiefs-Texans. And I think the Chiefs are absolutely going to annihilate the Texans. The Texans lost DeAndre Hopkins, their star receiver. And the Chiefs team is pretty much the same as last year. But the, the point spread's nine and a half favored in Kansas City. So I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown and three points. So I might bet on that myself. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on football coming back? I'm uh, not, a, not a football guy at all. <laughs> but there is a, there is a, uh, a uh, website, a sports book, that was giving away. I'm not going to say the names of the sports books. We're not sponsored. And we don't get, we don't, we're, not, we're not affiliated with anybody. But uh, there was a sports book that was doing odds of uh, if, if the, it was like minus 100 
two, I think. As long as the, the Chiefs don't lose 102 points, you win. <laughs> and so uh, I put down the yeah. next bet on that because I, I feel pretty good about that one. So go Chiefs. Or I, actually, it could be go Texans too. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if the Texans can score 102 points, I'm, I'm, I'll gladly lose that money. I'm gladly. But, uh, unanswered points too, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, go, go Handeg. Go Patrick Mahomes. He's, he seems pretty good and a, and a fine gentleman. DeAndre Hawkins is a cool dude too. So I mean he's he's hurt I think so it's a shame but uh yeah go is go football shirt? go hand it I didn't even know that so yeah other news this week as we lead into football um AP was released by the Adrian Peterson was released by the Washington football team I almost said the R word I'll refrain from that um Scott their name their name is the Washington football team that's literally their name. I know it's so hard to say but <laughs> literally their name. It's just sounds like a joke. So they're released from the Washington football team. And the reason they're called the Washington football team is because – what's the owner's name again? Dan Snyder. I don't Dan know why. Dan Snyder but... did not want to change the name. So, like, they didn't have anything prepared. So that's why it is what it is. And so when he when AP went from the Lions, obviously I think he's a 30 – 35. He's going to be 35 this year, your old running back, which is pretty old. Um, But he's been productive. And my first thought is I'm like, who do the Redskins – or not the Washington football team have? And – I mean, I know you don't know football as well, but I don't know a lot of their players on offense for Dwayne Haskins, who now going into his second year, I feel like people have big expectations. But with no one around him, I just feel bad for him, and I don't know how he's going to make it work. Um, His running backs on the depth chart are J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, and Peyton Barber. I haven't heard of a single one of them. Uh, Wideouts, Terry McLaurin's not bad. And then – Dontrell Inman I heard of, and then tight ends, Logan Thomas and Jeremy Sprinkle. I mean, I love the name Jeremy Sprinkle. I don't know why, but I, I just – I'm worried about I'm, this team anyways. I'm excited to see Chase Young on that I team. never heard – I've never heard this name before, but I am all in on Jeremy Sprinkle. I thought you – I, I, put, I put in my notes, I, I capitalized Sprinkle because I'm like, you'll, you'll like that. And I'm so, all in on Jeremy. I don't know what position he plays. I don't know what he looks like, but I am all in on Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a jersey. We'll start following him on the Washington football team. Maybe we'll team. invite him on the pod. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to reach out. And so that now, I'm, now I was looking at the Lions who get Adrian Peterson. And, they, I mean, they have Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson. Shout out Hawkeyes. Me and Josh both attended there. They got Jesse James as tight end as well, Danny Amendola, and Marvin Jones. Their starting running back, I think, will start probably still be on Johnson. I don't know if Adrian Peterson will start over, if they'll split shares and you know split rushes but you know I'm, I'm curious to see how AP does I mean he's been for his age and running back I mean in 2018 he still got a thousand yards rushing and seven touchdowns in 2019 he almost got 900 yards rushing and five touchdowns so I mean he's been productive he's only a thousand yards away from tying Barry Sanders for fourth all-time rushing and probably passing him so I mean if he plays this year and is as productive as he is the last two years he could maybe do that this year I don't know when he's thinking about retiring, but I thought that was an interesting roster change for both the Lions and the um, Washington football team. Uh, on a sadder note, I saw that I, I love Von Miller. I'll say that. Uh, when he entered the league, it was like him, J.J. Watt, and Alden Smith. Not really sure what's happening with Alden Smith. I think he's now back in the league. But Von Miller was such a good pass rusher, and he went down with, I think they're going to say season-ending ankle injury I don't know if it's official yet so a big loss to the Broncos I really personally wanted to see him with Jarrell Casey who they just got from the Titans who's a great defensive lineman and Bradley Chubb 
I'm, I'm curious if Josie Jewell will step up now as a linebacker for the Broncos so we can cheer for a Hawkeye a little bit more. But, you know, I, I felt really bad for Vaughn. And, I mean, he's such a fun player to watch that oh, tough loss for the Broncos there. Said it perfectly. Couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, lastly, as a Bears fan, I'm not sure how much you know, but I, I haven't even looked at their schedule too much and made my thoughts. So in the first week this Sunday, we're playing at the Lions. Also, the Bears are starting Mitchell Shabisky. They, they came out and said that, you know, he's our guy over Nick Foles. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, it's it's a very it feels like a very very baseball situation where they're just gonna ride a die with their guy, and it, if he fails, the whole front office is gonna be is gonna okay. fail too, and they're gonna have to restart all over again if he fails. But it feels just like it's it's Strabisky, and that's it. That's the only option from here on out. And again, they'll have to restart if it doesn't work. They're gonna ride or die with this guy. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like they're gonna start him for maybe two, three, four games. I I can see him going to max four games. If, you know, if they're winning, if we're like three and one after four, he might keep going. If we're two and two or maybe one and three, then I could see um, Nagy maybe trying to switch and go to Foles. I personally want Foles to be the starter and Mitchell as a backup. But I, I feel like since they're so invested because he's the second pick and we trade up for him, they really want him to work. I've heard a lot of things about how he's improved and how this is a big, big offseason for him. And I think partially, I mean, his receivers had a lot of drops last year. Jimmy Graham's now on the team. Well, that, you know, I, I've, I've made a lot of fun of Jimmy Graham in the past just because, you know, he was such a prime tight end, and I thought he's kind of degressed a lot. If he can kind of return to what he used to be when he was on the Saints, maybe that will help Trubisky a little bit. So, you know, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm a very big optimist on him. I mean, if he, has, if he comes off this first opener and just has, like, three touchdowns, no interceptions, I'll probably be on the Mitch wagon, but – if that doesn't happen, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, we got the Lions. I feel like we should win that game. Our defense is pretty solid, and I think their offense is actually looking better now, but I think we can hold them as long as we score points. So I'm hoping to predict a W for our Bears this week, and I'm excited to, for football to come back. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Josh, that I did not mention? All right, so I don't affiliate myself with any team, but I will say I'm a fan of Mitch Trubisky. I've heard from good sources that he likes titties, and I can get behind that. Oh, I think that that is not from sources. That is from the man himself. Pretty good source. Pretty good source. That's a primary source right there. So, yeah, with anyone you want to say thank you as we finish up our first podcast? Or... Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to our host, Scott Morgan, here, doing a lot <laughs> of the heavy lifting here. He would set the whole thing up, and just I'm just here. I'm just here to talk, basically. Shout-out to Scott. Yeah, shout-out to Scott. That's about it. I appreciate that, and I thank you for being here and adding some personality to this podcast. And I hope, you know, to do this next week as well and keep this going. So, yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening to Big Slumpin', and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week.